1: Hey everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. We are here today talking about connecting business practices to the employee experience. And man, we're all over the board and this is like awesome. I'm even learning in this this, uh, conversation here and it it has my brain going, okay, I gotta remember this. I gotta talk to this client about that. Um, It's just, it's always so interesting. We have a very special guest, Michelle Griffin. How you doing, Michelle? Hey, good. I love everything that you're telling us today. You're, you're always so full of knowledge and information. I, I just love, I geek out talking to you. <laughs> and then of course we have my co-host JC with us. Aloha. Hey JC. It's so, a pleasure. hey, you just brought up you know a, a question in the end of the last session oh, yeah. about-
2: discriminated oh. against the elderly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm sorry, sure, I, meant, <laughs> I meant it was sending stay surveys to your executive court. Sorry, I didn't I didn't mean that.
1: <laughs> Do not discriminate against anybody, please, folks. Bad jokes no, here. Stay
2: it, with us though. We're getting to a point.
1: Yeah, we really are. You know, um we already were planning a talking about, you know, being human and being humane. So it, it all of this leads into that, which is understanding your people, you know, whether it's a generation and then into the sub generations too of Um, somebody who is in the beginning of a generation and then other people that are in the end of generation are are still going to be different. So I'm not a big fan of grouping everybody into a 20 year span. Um, And as you get older, you kind of assimilate a little bit more, but there's no way a 20 year old is similar or comparable to a 35 year old, right?
0: Yeah. And I have a problem with that too. And so do a lot of people And the problem with that is I am born at the cusp of Gen X and millennial. So there's that, there's quite a few people that have um, tried to, I forget, there's just a, a whole segment of people when they're in between generations that don't identify with either or slightly identify with both. And there's that huge problem with science jumping people into or grouping them into a huge generation gap like that when, yes, we had defining moments, as, you know, you know, eco- economically, and, you know, just from, you know, the tech era is the biggest identifier in 9-11 for the millennials, but, you know, like, I can, I'm sure Wendy, you're the same way, I remember, you know, before the internet, I remember, you know, before cell phones, I mean, I got my first cell phone in college and that was Mm -hmm. a little Nokia thing where it was like paper text. And, you know, it's like, and if you did text, you had to push the same button three or four times. (laughs) So if you messed up, you got to start all over again. Yeah. But you could drop that
2: phone 30 times and it would still work. That's all I got to say. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Exactly. and you know and now it's like the same people that are in our generation like that are you know people that you know grew up with it and never knew anything different like when you're older than google kind of thing it's like i remember the dewey decimal system you know things like that where it's like it's you can't it, it it defines how you work who you work with and you know then there's the stereotypes of you know being computer illiterate and things like that
1: yeah and you know uh thank you for bringing that up and i i really do folks be careful when you're when you're grouping people into categories because if you're being human or humane you really have to talk to each employee individually because just because they're x age doesn't mean they act that age because of who where they grew up who they grew up with maybe there's you know multiple generations living in their household so they actually have um you know, adapted uh, behavioral[s] and skills to those generations. So don't judge, is my point. You have to, you being HR, and you being the managers, have to get to know each and every one of your employees individually. Then, on top of that, as Michelle already brought up, things like nine eleven, the you know, COVID, natural disasters, worldwide events, wars. Uh, you know, we have um, uh, in Florida. We have hurricanes. We have everything, and then we also what has been happening in the past couple of years is you know public outrage on on topics like abortion and gay marriage, and you, know, you name it. There's been a lot going on in the past couple of years, and that affects everybody. Whether no matter which way you believe in it, that affects everybody. Hey, Michelle, remember the time. Um, or before the time when we never talked about these things
0: at work, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like bad, like, no,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you never talked about abortion. You never talked about politics. You never talked about anything political that was going on. Mm-hmm. And now
0: it it's commonplace. I'm not saying it's right. I'm yeah, not going to right I remember like, right even even during hiring, you know, if you look, you could look at people's social media and see what they were posting and, you know, make, you know, you still can make hiring decisions based on what they post and what kind of political sides they take. Um, You know, gun rights and things like that are, are also really a hot topic. And it's, you know, I remember kind of having conversations about if someone had a posting about all these, you know, issues and where they stood, like, what do you do if it it, it seems dangerous, especially if it's, uh, you know, about gun? We actually chose not to hire somebody because of this, but it was about gun rights, and you know, the company had recently gone through a uh, a massive scare for, um, you know, a a gun a shooter in the in the building. Um, we actually needed um, to have private security and FBI on site um, for a lookout for several weeks. So the company was very overly sensitive for things like that. Um, you know, and it's, and then it continues to get more diabolical and, you know, dangerous when it comes to some of these topics and how fanatical people are getting. Um, and especially when it comes to like, even now power outages, um, I'm sure there's been many conversations and unfortunately the the state is escaping me. Um, but there was a shooter that shot a, um, a power station and left uh, you know many you know large portions of a city without power in the middle of winter um that just occurred a few weeks ago yep. so um you know it's things like that where it's like it kind of bleeds into the idea of natural disasters or man-made disasters and um you know also how do you treat the employees that that's affecting and um, you know, obviously being human and humane about what can they do when they can't get to work or their work location is um, affected by that. And so they can or can't work because the company has no capacity for them to work um, or they personally can't work. Right, and so it's important, that was in the Carolinas, by the way, uh, I think South
1: Thank Carolina, you. but I, yeah, it's, it's super important to have a plan. I don't care if you have two employees, 500, you no, know, 5 million employees, you need to have a plan you know, of these potential risks that might happen. Um, if our one location goes down, how are the other locations going to adapt? Where are we going to let our employees work from? And and how are the customers that are affected there going to, uh, you know, continue to be our customers? All too often, our executives are only worried about the customer experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we're talking about here today, folks, is really, really leaning in to uh, substituting that word customer with employee experience. Because in my opinion and in my my experience, if you take care of the employee, they will take care of the customer. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that we're putting that humanity hat on. This past couple of years, whew, if you did not have the humanity hat on, you probably lost a lot of employees, right? Go ahead, JC.
2: You know, thinking about the politics topic and some of the current events, like you mentioned, does free speech mean the management and human resources have to let people say whatever they want, though? I mean, when does telling a coworker what you think about politics become an actual form of harassment or intimidation? Just a different viewpoint to consider. You know, can can HR stop people from talking about politics at work so that people just don't talk about things that could make the office environment bad?
1: You want to take this one, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, I it depends.
0: It depends. <laughs> so It depends. Um, because there's, there's a lot of legal things you just said. So there's a, the word harassment has a legal definition to it. Um, and it could be, you know, that you, it, it has to be pervasive. And, um, so it, it gets to the point where it's like, how is it um, harassment in a way that is a hostile work environment, or is it threatening? Um, how often is it happening? How severe is it? So pervasive and severe things like that. So it, it, it definitely comes down to, and this is the hard part of HR because you have to walk a fine line between the law and, um, and what's fair to the company and how, how do you help the company manage its policies and procedures? Perfect. Um, Excellent. Excellent
2: point. Excellent point. And to supplement exactly what you're saying, here's the exact reason I brought it up. There are some jurisdictions that protect the political expression of employees and California, Colorado, Guam, Louisiana, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Nevada, South Carolina, Utah and West Virginia actually prohibit employers from retaliating against employees who engage in political activities, as do the cities of Seattle and Madison, Wisconsin. Now, New Mexico safeguards the right of employees to express political opinions, while Illinois, Iowa, Louisiana, New York, Puerto Rico, Utah, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, and Washington, D.C., as well as Broward County, Florida, and Urbana, Illinois, prohibit employers from discriminating against employees on the basis of party membership or lecture related speech and political activities, which is all really intriguing because these are laws, and if you're doing HR... Outside of like a specific locality, you really got to keep in mind some of these specific laws in the counties and states that you operate in.
1: Yeah, and in in most uh, companies, uh, not all, but most companies have some remote jobs or all remote jobs. So if you're Yeah. If you're, if you're hiring people remotely in other states that you're not used to working or even other counties, like you just mentioned, JC, you need to know those laws. So it's okay to hire somebody there, but you better get on a few webinars and say, I need to figure
0: out the HR laws here. And, very, and, very
2: and that important. plays directly into uh being humane though too, right? Because we're that's exactly by what the I laws. was gonna
0: say I was like, there's there's only oh so much that you can you you have to balance the law with being humane. And it's like, how do you handle that situation when you're trying to be fair and human and humane and just you know be you know, really feel for the person that's in those situations and be empathetic to them and you know, build your company in a way or that you want to treat people in a way that you want to be treated kind of concept versus, you know, following the law and say, you know, I have to do this because the law says certain parameters are set and, you know, it's, you want to, you have to work both ways. And that's something that, um, you know, people in HR have to, it's a big part of our job and most HR people, they, I would say a lot of people that I meet in HR, it takes them a while to understand that because they just get thrown into the industry oh, yeah. and they're just like, oh, well, here's HR, and they're just told to go do these functions, but they never grow in their career enough to understand that they're there to protect the company and and be advocates for the employees. And it's a it's a very difficult, stressful job when you do it correctly when you when you walk that line and you lean on your resources for employment law. And you also are, you know, knowing how to interpret the laws in a way that when you do speak to employees, that you're not breaking the law when you handle some of those situations.
1: 100%. Speaking of leaning on your resources, we are going to be right back with our last episode of, uh, and we want to share some advice and more tips for connecting the employee experience to the business outcomes. We'll be right
0: back. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.